Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. 1,500 committed, hard-working and passionate fans left feeling blue in crew. Pompey's visit to Gresty Road at the weekend was shamefully postponed just an hour before kick-off. So unfortunately, we can't comment on as much footballing action as we would have liked to this evening, but we still have plenty to digest between now and 7 o'clock. And within that time, we'll also be able to hear the emotions of head coach Danny Cowley just moments after the decision was made to call the game off on Saturday. I think we could have played, but I totally respect Martin Coyle, who's an experienced referee, I think to make a tough decision and no doubt he'll get criticism for it, but know that he really wanted the game to be played, but ultimately he has a decision to make and in terms of the safety of the players and he felt that the pitch was unsafe. Luckily for us, we do have a game to preview tonight. Well, as things stand anyway. Shrewsbury may as well be underwater at the moment, but the match is still expected to go ahead at this present moment in time. We'll be talking all things Pompey over the next 60 minutes or so and taking in your messages from back home too. Right here on 93.7 Express FM, you're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along. This is Express FM, your home of local radio in Portsmouth. And this here is the Footblower, which is driven to you this season by the good people over at Stagecoach South. Download the Stagecoach app now uh, from either the Apple app or Google Play Store, where you can find your nearest bus stop, track down the next arrival, and even prepay for your ticket too. Well, let's not mess around then. The Blues had a big game on Saturday and a great chance to make it three wins on the bounce following home victories over Burton Albion and Doncaster Rovers. Somewhat 1,500 Pompey fans spent their hard-earned money, took an entire day out of their schedule and even put themselves at risk with Storm Eunice and the aftermath of Friday's destruction still wrecking havoc up and down the country. Many supporters woke up as early as 5am just to go and watch their team play, making a near 450-mile round trip to do so. As is customary here on the Football Hour, let's remind ourselves of the reward those fans were given for their incredible efforts. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey live. Game off at Crew Alexandra. Pompey versus Crew has been cancelled in the last few minutes. Nothing happening this afternoon in League One for the Blues. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Devastating, uh, truly gutting. And if I'm honest, I'm, I'm still not over it. Uh, the three of us here will be discussing the reasoning behind Saturday's postponement, who we believe to be the villain of the weekend, and cheering ourselves a li- up a little bit by looking forward to tomorrow's clash with Shrewsbury. So with Pompey out of action at the weekend, let's take a look at some of the games that did go ahead in League One. On Friday night, Rotherham and Wigan shared for spoils in a one-all draw at the New York Stadium. On Saturday, Bolton Wanderers were 4-0 winners over Wimbledon. Cambridge United beat Accrington Stanley by two goals to nil. It finished Charlton Athletic nil, Oxford United 4 at the Valley. Elsewhere, Doncaster Rovers 1, Sheffield Wednesday 3, Gillingham nil, Plymouth Argyle 2, Ipswich Town 3, Burton Albion nil. Sunderland's annual bottled and capitulation continued with a 2-1 defeat at home to the NK Dons. And finally, in arguably the game of the day, not just in League One, not just in England, but possibly across the planet at Adams Park, where it finished Wickham Wanderers 5 
Cheltenham Town 5. Amazing scenes there. What a spectacle that must have been. Even just watching the highlights of that one was just simply incredible. If you can find a game over the course of a weekend that was arguably better than that one, let me know because I don't think you could find one. Uh, so looking at the table then, Rotherham remain top of the division with 69 points while Wigan stay in second on 63. Six points behind the leaders but with two games in hand so very tight in the race for the title. Stranger things have happened in this sport but it looks as though those two will be the sides who end up finishing in the automatic promotion spots this season. Looking down at third, MK Dons have played one game more than Rotherham and three more than Wigan, uh, but they're only on 60 points. Oxford and Plymouth are fourth and fifth, though the Pilgrims do have two games in hand. Wickham Wanderers still in the playoffs and in sixth despite having not won any of their previous five league matches. They're ahead of Sunderland on goal difference and they've also played a game less than the Mackhams. Pompey stay 11th, but now 11 points adrift of the top six, although with two games in hand. And looking at the bottom, it's Crew Alexandra, Doncaster Rovers, Gillingham and Morecambe who currently occupy the relegation zone. Tomorrow's opponents, Shrewsbury, are 18th and just four points clear of the drop. Okay then, let's uh, welcome on my two guests uh, to the show this evening, both joining me over the powers of internet tonight. Uh, First and foremost, good evening, Tom Malley. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. I'm home. I'm not over it, but it's been and done now, isn't it? Uh, We've got time to talk about it tonight, and we will talk about it tonight. Don't you worry about that. But uh, no, how are you? You well? What, what, What was you up to at the weekend? Oh, I was there, mate. I was there, oh. and I'm still not over it either. Still not over it. It was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Mark McGee also uh, joining us tonight. Uh, I don't think you were there, were you, Mark? No, I was, I was fortunate enough to be on a stag do in <laughs> Bristol, uh, so I didn't make the journey up. Uh, but, yeah, heartbreaking stuff. So, so Tom, like, like myself, like the other 1,500 Pompey fans up in uh, Cheshire on Saturday, just absolutely gut-wrenching. As we mentioned uh, you know, in the intro to the show tonight, it's a 450-mile round trip. The aftermath of Storm Eunice, cancellations on the trains, disruptions everywhere on the way up there. You're waking up at between 5 and 6 a.m. just to go to the game and for it to be called off an hour before kickoff is is criminal let's be honest oh it was it was the worst feeling i mean traveled all that way for it to be an, yeah an hour or so before kickoff um oh i i, I, I can't put it into words the, the feeling it was, that was depressing it really was depressing all that way for it to be cancelled an hour before and it was just horrendous it was absolutely desperate for for the the, the um the decision to be reversed everyone was sort of holding out a bit of hope checking twitter constantly but uh it wasn't to be was it Unfortunately not. Um, an email here from Marcus Deakins uh, says, absolute joke calling the game off so late. The pitch couldn't have been any worse than the Sunderland game at Fratton Park. Most of the surface was underwater for that one and it still went ahead. If crew can't get the pitch fit, they should be heavily fined. Deducted 10 points, says Marcus. I think that's a little bit too far. And the game should be declared null and void with a 3-0 win awarded to us by default. Crew should also be made to reimburse all the travelling fans for the costs uh, that they have incurred well since that email was sent in because that one was sent in on Saturday afternoon I don't think Robbie quite had time to read that out on the show so we read it out tonight but since that uh, email was sent in Pompey have confirmed that any fan wishing to travel to the rearranged fixture at Gresty Road which will be a Tuesday night um, away from home any any fan wishing to travel to the game uh, will have their cost uh, reimbursed by Portsmouth Football Club uh, through Luckett's the coach company who provide coach travel to away days for Pompey fans uh, so your travel will be free and it doesn't matter whether you went to the game on Saturday or not it doesn't matter if you travel to crew on Saturday but, but went by train it doesn't matter if you want to go to the rearranged fixture you can and if you want to go by coach you can do so for free and more details will be released on that, uh, both on Pompey's Twitter account, on their website, portsmouthfc.co.uk, and on the official Luckett's Twitter and websites as well. So thank you uh, to Marcus for getting involved. Uh, 
Mark, on the other hand, you know, Mark has references a, a lot of kind of scrutiny towards crew Alexandra. And I think although some of that is perhaps warranted at the, you know, the state of a pitch, I don't think you can you know, blame that too much on the team themselves. They are a side with one of the lowest budgets in the division. They're playing in the third tier of English football. You don't expect them to have the kind of carpet that, you know, the likes of Portsmouth or, you know, championship teams do uh, in, in 2022. I can forgive them for that. But what I can't forgive is the referee turning up uh, at 20 to 2 and calling the game off, by the way, without even getting a football out uh, and bouncing it on the pitch. He simply walked onto the pitch with Danny Carley and David Artell, who both wanted the game on, and looked at it and said, "Nah, that's enough." Yeah, it makes you it makes you think that he he almost sort of made uh, the decision before even walking onto the pitch, which is you know easy for a referee to do when you know he's arriving at twenty two, doesn't have any like sort of uh, allegiances to either side. But those poor fans who've got up early, like you say, possibly like you know been waiting up till late the previous night to see if they're even going to make the journey up there i mean it's a lot of stress to get up and see an away day um it, you know even, even when we lose you know so it's 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 poor officiating isn't it i don't i don't know how late you can normally leave it but i i wouldn't have thought like in in like sort of a higher level of officiating that it would have been left that late it sort of seems like the the planning for the for the game that day was just pretty pretty abysmal and like you say not to be blamed on the club by the sounds of it either no not at all uh, obviously Pompey wanted the game on that goes without saying Danny Carley and his side and his coaching staff all the players wanted the game to go ahead uh, that, that one's clear and obvious but even you know if you're listening if, if you haven't seen the news over the last couple of days if you haven't caught up on social media just going to put it out there it also wasn't a case of David Artel or the crew Alexandria players wanting the game off they were just as furious as Danny Cowley and his coaching staff that the referee had called that game off. Uh, referee Martin Coy uh, deciding to, to not play that match. So David Artel, the crew Alexandra team, they wanted the game on. The, the, the groundsman up until an hour before two o'clock, so from one o'clock, and I presume uh, earlier on before I even got into the ground throughout the morning, were trying their hardest to, to get the game ready and playable as we believe there were no real concerns as to whether the pitch would be uh, safe or unsafe. We heard no news of any pitch inspections of a referee, presumably in contact with crew Alexandra and Pompey as to say, is this pitch fit to play? There were no inspections put in place. So I think Tom, again, just from the entire gist of this story with, with no pitch inspection plans as a fan traveling up to the game, you're kind of thinking, well, okay, We've had no pitch inspection. We're coming up to two o'clock. This looks pretty good. Well, yeah, exactly. Nothing was put out, so there was never really much doubt. I mean, obviously, the weather wasn't great. I mean, driving up, it was, um, you know, it was hammering it down as well at some points, but it didn't even really cross my mind because nothing had been put out and it was just assumed that the game was going to be on. Um, you know, as you said, there was no warning whatsoever, so why would anyone think any different? But, oh, just, it's just still so frustrating to think about. It's just, it's poor all round. Um, you know, at least, that, you know, you thought crew may made some effort or at least have known the, the weather forecast going into Saturday and, you know, could have put a cover over the pitch or whatnot. I don't know. I don't know. It's all a bit mad, to be honest. Um, and it could have dealt, been dealt with them in such a better way, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, you, you mentioned you, you, you travelled up to, to crew on Saturday afternoon. What did you do after you found out that the game was, you know, it was going to be called off? What, what were your plans? Did you go straight home? Did you attend another football match in around the area? Because I know plenty of Pompey fans did uh, at the weekend. So what did you do? Yeah, so frantically uh, looked on the fixtures on Sky Sports to see what games are going on around because didn't want to track all that way for absolutely nothing. Um, so I think there was two options. Um, I think one of them was Tranmere, but that was going a bit further north. Oh, the other one was Stoke, Birmingham. Um, so yeah, we went down to Stoke. Um, I actually saw you down there from a distance. I did, oh, did see you? you down there. I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> I saw you from a distance. Um, went to get a ticket, but they weren't selling tickets to people who hadn't had previous purchase history. So um, that no. was the second round turned away from did, that day. Did, oh. And um, yeah, they, I think we then considered driving up to Manchester to watch City v Spurs, but then weren't willing to pay 63 quid to get into that. So it was just it was just horrendous, mate. Nothing was going our way at all. It was good, good effort there, Tom, mate. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and to add to that, actually, as well, I think we looked on the 5.30 kickoffs and we were even going to try and stop off and see um, 
Maidenhead be boring wood on the way home. Mm. But again, traffic meant that we weren't going to make that either. <laughs> so it was just oh, a Days. Love, love the dedication there, Tom. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> refusing to go in without seeing some form of football play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that is gutting. I can't believe you, you saw me from a distance. So this goes to show what a hectic weekend it's, it's been. Tom coming on the show. We've not even had a chance to have a, to have a little bit of a pre-chat ahead of tonight's tonight's show, and I, I, I didn't even realise you were at Stoke. Um, we were actually fortunate enough to get into the grounds. Tom. I know, I saw, I couldn't believe that. I was, I saw your, you put something online and I said to my mate, there's people that have got into the ground and which has been turned away. I was well, you we, we, couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, we, we were fortunate enough... Well, like you say, we, we got to the ticket office and they were turning fans away because of not having a, a ticket history with a club, which apparently is unusual with Stoke City. But apparently... apparently due to Birmingham fans yeah, trying to get home yeah. Due to the Birmingham fans, due to the policing, they, they, they you know, kind of dictated that it was a high-risk game, so they weren't selling tickets to, to supporters who didn't have a mm. previous purchase history, which is fair enough. But, you know, we wanted to, to try our luck, and I think I got there at literally three o'clock. I, I paid £40 for an Uber from Crew to Stoke because I missed the last train. All my mates were on it. They were happy. They are on their way. I missed it. I had to pay uh, for a taxi. Got there. And, um, yeah, we were turned away. We were disappointed. We were actually walking away from the grounds, ready to, to call it quits, call it a day, go home, get get home in time for match of the day. And uh, some, some guy approached us. And there were there were quite a few of us. There were six or seven of us. And, and he came up to us and he said, are you guys looking for tickets to the game? And we said, yeah, but we can't we can't get any. And he said, "Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got some tickets here if you want them." So we said, well, "Okay, then. How much? How much would you like?" And um, he said, "No, no, you, you can take them. They're free." But the only problem was, but if we took them, three of our mates had to miss out because he didn't quite have enough for all of us. So the three decided they'd go off to the pub and they'd meet us after the game. We'll all get the train home together. And fortunately uh, enough for us, uh, six of us managed to get into the stadium. And it turned out this guy giving away these tickets. Um, was actually from the club, and they they were tickets for hospitality. You know, they were for for players, families, friends, uh, staff who, who couldn't make it to the game. So I'm, I'm presuming, but any uh, any spare tickets they had after kickoff, they just they just give them away out, outside the ground. So a, a huge stroke of luck for us, but an, an incredible Deal. story. R- really sorry you couldn't make it, Tom. If I'd known. <laughs> well, there. I mean, you obviously walked out a different way to what I did. Maybe if I'd have walked the same yeah. way out of that ticket office, I could have struck gold as well. But um, I bet that softened the blow for you at least a little bit for that forty-pound Uber. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was pure luck. Don't get me wrong. But um, no, we were extremely grateful for the, the member of staff who came out with those tickets and just yeah, stroke a, an absolute stroke of luck. Um, but yeah, that, that was my story. Uh, if you have got any stories from the weekend, if you're one of the fifteen hundred Pompey fans who made the trip up to crew but uh, we're obviously disappointed with the game being called off D- do get in touch we'd love to hear um, ha- what you did what did you do after the game did you go straight home were you one of the supporters who made their way to Manchester City did you go to Stoke did you go to Chester did you go to Tranmere there were plenty of games in and around the area of which I know Pompey fans on social media managed to get to do get in touch uh, simply text the word express to 81400 you can start those with the word express otherwise you can email into Pompey at expressfm.com head over to Twitter send us a tweet including at expressfm within those or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Okay then, still to come tonight, the three of us here will be continuing our conversation regarding Saturday's postponed game at Crewe and the implications that has on Pompey's end of season schedule. We'll also move on to preview tomorrow's trip to Shrewsbury too, but not before hearing from Danny Cowley, who has a message from supporters who made the gruelling journey on Saturday afternoon. Thank you first and foremost for their unconditional support. The away support has just been incredible all season. I know how much they look forward to the games. I know how much it costs for them to support Portsmouth up and down the country and our hearts with them and yeah, we really appreciate that. We remember it and we'll try to uh, put a really good performance on Tuesday for those that are travelling. Join us again in just a few moments for part two of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 
Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, which is supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you across the South Coast and up through Hampshire with a minimum of fuss. You can head to stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on fares, timetables and route updates, as well as much, much more as well. This evening, I'm joined alongside Tom Malley and Mark McGee, where we were hoping to review what would be another three points for Pompey at the weekend away to crew Alexandra. Unfortunately, if you've been living under a rock, that game was called off due to an alleged uh, waterlogged pitch. Uh, Martin Coy, the referee, deciding that game was uh, not fit to play on and you can tell by my voice but I'm not too impressed by that one neither were 1500 Pompey fans and uh, Mark we're going to continue banging the drum because quite frankly we've got nothing else to talk about um, Saturday David Artel Danny Cowley they came onto the pitch before the referee turned up they got some balls out they rolled it along they bounced it it was bouncing absolutely fine it was rolling absolutely fine referee turns up five minutes later as I mentioned earlier doesn't even bother to get the ball out looks at it has a conversation with the with the managers and decides that's it, and then he leaves. Uh, I know our colleagues from the Portsmouth News try to grab a word, try to get a quote from him, try to understand why he called the game off. Because at the end of the day, even some clarity, even just a conversation, just some reasoning from the referees to you know what's what's going what's going on through his head. Why did he decide to to call that game off? But but no, he was in a in an absolute hurry to get out of Gresty Road and, and go home. And again, you know, it's just severely disappointing because, as mentioned by Marcus in the email earlier, you look back at Fratton Park in the earlier stages of the season when Pompey beat Sunderland 4-0. I know there were question marks over whether that game should have continued or not, but, oh my, if that one can play, then, then you know, Saturday's game at Crewe, that could have easily gone ahead. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's some massive questions that need answering, really, aren't there? I mean... Fans already get you know frustrated with officiating and refereeing enough, and that's not going to go any way to helping their cause, is it? Let's be honest. I mean, it just just sort of feels like the, the way you described it there, and you know, you you were there seeing it firsthand. It really makes me feel sort of you know upset and sort of a little bit, a little, you know, a little bit disappointed really because it's almost like they're so disconnected from the fans and don't really quite understand or interpret how, how much it means for the fans to even go to an away day. I mean, or, or a football match. I mean, when you've got in your mind, especially an hour before kickoff that, you know, you're probably in the pub uh, with your pals, literally waiting for the lineups to to hit your phone. And that sinking feeling you get when you see the games called off three or four hours before the game is enough, but an hour before, like it, just, uh, I, I don't understand it. I mean, and I'm, I'm surprised really uh, that that nothing's been said. And I think the least that you can do in that situation, I know referees don't do it very often, is is to sort of try and put some context towards it. Because although the fans are still going to be annoyed, they're going to appreciate it a lot more if you at least like, sort of give some sort of explanation. Um, yeah. So yeah, really disappointing. Absolutely, and I think I think we can all agree, Tom. Whilst you know we're not we're not, we're not trying to single out anyone at all, but there has to be a villain amongst this. We know it, you know it's not Pompey's fault. They they travelled up to the ground. It's not their ground to to sort it out in the first place. You might pin some blame on Crew Alexandra, but they were desperate to get the game on. They believe the pitch was you know safe and playable, which again from first hand viewing it seemed to be the case as well. I don't think any of the media team up at Gresty Road uh, believed otherwise. Apart from the referee, clearly, it really is just the referee deciding that he, he he didn't want the game on. And like we just said there, just no sort of conversation, no clarity after, just to even give us some sort of reasoning. And that's that's something we don't often get anyway. But is it something you'd like to see included if one of these events does you know crop up again? Because it is frustrating. The fans have travelled all that way, spent the entire day going to the ground, spent all of that money as well, not just travelling, but in the pub, you know, getting lunch, feeding themselves, all of that. Just, just for the referee to call it off and not even, you know, apologise, not even say why. Do you think that's something that needs to change? Do we need to mic up these refs? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, he's got the burden now of disappointing fifteen hundred Pompey fans, and God knows how much money was spent between all fifteen hundred of us, um, you know, to get up there. And as you say, you don't want to point the finger, but it's impossible not to. When there was literally one person <laughs> who uh, who didn't want the game on, and it was his call at the end of the day. Um, yeah, something has to be done. And I've seen a lot of people online. You know, saying that there's got to be like at least a curfew of 12 p.m. 
to, to call the game off instead of leaving it right to the very last minute because at least 12 p.m. people can turn around in their cars or get off at the get off at the train station and get the next train back yeah. instead of making all the you know that effort to get up there wait around and at the last minute it's all for nothing it's yeah something needs to be done in the future because that can't happen again no not at all um, so with quite a few games remaining until the end of the season Pompey have only played 30 matches in League One and still 16 to go the league uh, ends or is scheduled to end on Saturday be 30th of April. Between that time, 16 games still to be played. Plenty of midweek fixtures coming up, including tomorrow's game at Shrewsbury Town. Um, you're looking at other Tuesday nights where you've got Oxford at home on Tuesday, the 1st of March. Plymouth away on Tuesday, the 15th of March. And uh, on Friday, of course, Easter weekend, you've got Friday, uh, the 15th of April, which is at home to Lincoln City. Monday, the 18th, which is way to Morecambe. Uh, some other midweek games as well. Wigan Athletic, the rearranged game's been moved to Tuesday, the 20th. 6th of April. Um, we've got a game coming up soon, Mark. Uh, Bolton Wanderers away, which is currently scheduled uh, for Saturday, the 26th of March. Quite a bit of time, uh, just over a month until that match. Is at the University of Bolton Stadium. It falls on an international weekend, which uh, gives a bit of a possibility for Pompey to call it off, maybe even Bolton to call it off. If they get three international call-ups, three very important international call-ups, that is another potential game that's going to be moved to a midweek. You've then got Rotherham at home, uh, which is actually the week after, on Saturday the 2nd of April. Now, they're in the semi-finals of the Papa John's Trophy. And uh, if they make the final, the game is being played on Sunday the 3rd of April, the day later. So that game will also be moved to a Tuesday night. What I'm trying to get at here is, Mark, is that there's going to be a phenomenal fixture congestion, particularly between mid March and the end of April to try and get all of these games played and we haven't even thrown in this crew match yet Yeah it's, it's really frustrating I mean that I think we were really hitting a run of form before obviously we had a sort of small Covid outbreak in our squad and that obviously stunted our momentum a little bit and to be honest, I think by the sounds of it, it's going to be one of those one of those seasons where we're never. It doesn't sound like we're going to really get a chance to hit the momentum we need or hit the run of form that we need if we're going to keep having to rearrange fixes, stop and start. You know, um, it's 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 going to affect how we play, isn't it? It's going to affect our, our groove. It's going to kick us out of of any sort of form or or at least threaten it. It's it's very frustrating. Very frustrating. Um, and yesterday isn't helped, is it? I mean, that's just another fixture pushed back. And I think, you know, players do prepare mentally for each each and every one of these fixtures. And they'll look at the fixture list before the start of every season or going into, a, you know, the next run of games. And it will not, you know, knock us out of our, of our stride a little bit. So it's really frustrating. Yeah, very frustrating indeed. Right, before the uh, big vein on the top of my forehead pops and bursts and goes everywhere, because I'm getting a little bit agitated now, uh, still thinking about Saturday's postponement, uh, let's hear the thoughts of a very disappointed Danny Cowley. He caught up with Max Spotton just after the decision was made at Gressley Road at the weekend. Game postponed here in crew. Danny, your thoughts on that decision? Frustrating, disappointing. All the adjectives really. Um, feel so sorry for our supporters. Fifteen hundred of them made their way up to Clue. We did that journey in very difficult conditions yesterday, so we know know what they've been through to get to this game. And um, yeah, the pitch particularly heavy, really wet. I think we could have played, um, but I totally respect Martin Coyle, who's an experienced referee, having to make a tough decision, and no doubt he'll get criticism for it, but know that he really wanted the game to be played but ultimately he has a, has, has a decision to make um, in terms of the safety of the players and he felt that the, the pitch was unsafe. What are your plans for the afternoon now the game's been called off? Well we'd like to try to do something for our supporters that are travelled so even if we can see them and spend some time with them that would be good and we're going to find our way to Crew's training ground and, and use their facilities to train because obviously now we have to turn our attentions quite quickly to the Shrewsbury game on Tuesday night. And have you got a message for those 1,500 supporters? Yeah, just thank you first and foremost for, for their unconditional support. The away support has just been incredible all season. I know how much they look forward to the games. I know the, how much it costs for them to, to support Portsmouth up and down the country. And yeah, our hearts with them. And um, yeah, we really appreciate that. We remember it and we'll try to uh, put a really good performance on Tuesday for those that are travelling. And hopefully... You know, those that have travelled will be able to get to the to the rearranged game whenever that will be. 
a bit more of a calmer voice there in uh, Danny Cowley speaking to Max Swatton just after the decision was made on Saturday afternoon. Just continuing what we were saying about fixture backlog heading heading into March and uh, an April time. Tom, we mentioned the games at Rotherham and, uh, and Bolton, of course, this crew game as well. We're hearing this crew game from Danny Cowley speaking to our friends at the Ports of News uh, over the course of a weekend. He speculates it may be played on Tuesday, the 8th of March, which is just over a fortnight away. That's good news. It gets it over and done with. Uh, but, but still, regardless, there is a, a massive backlog of fixtures now between now and the end of the season. We're not going to use it as an excuse, but it's certainly going to be a battle for Pompey. Yeah, it is. And uh, because of that postponement, we've now played the joint lowest games in the league. Um, so, you know, we've got catching up to do on everyone around us, which, you know, isn't always, isn't always a bad thing when it's left in our hands. But at the same time, there's not enough time. I mean, it's already near the end of February now and the season ends in just over two and a half months or however long it is. Um, and we've still got 16 games to play. And as you say, you know, there's potential for an international call-ups to postpone the Bolton game. We've got teams we need to play who are still in EFL trophy action. Um yeah, I mean, and along with COVID, with the postponements we've already had, it's a nightmare. And we could still have games postponed due to COVID as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nightmare really, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, let's get to the text tweets and emails now. Then are quite a few coming in now. Uh, Mike T and Salsi. Uh, sorry, Crispy Bacon Sarni Salsi. I don't think it's been quite Crispy Bacon Sarni Salsi lately, Mike, but thank you for getting in touch nonetheless. It says, hi, Jake, away in the lads. I went to Wesley Park on Saturday and saw the Hawks win their game by four goals to two against Ebbsfleet with a particularly impressive second half performance by the hosts. And there's always a good welcome at Wesley Park, Jake, away. Thank you uh, for your text, Mike. Yes, certainly agree with that. Always a, a a good occasion at Wesley Park to go and watch Haven to Waterlooville. Having a having a strange season this season are the Hawks. They are around about mid-table. They're quite a way off the pace in terms of uh, trying to go for promotion back up to the National League. But great to see uh, they got uh, another three points on the board on Saturday afternoon uh, with a 4-2 win over Ebbs Fleet Town uh, at Wesley Park. Uh, an email here from Alan Swift. Uh, Hi, Jake and co. Nice to see confidence and striking ability has grown and I'm ever the optimist. But looking at the league table, I find it hard to see us finishing above 10. Uh, just behind Ipswich now but Cookie's gone we obviously need to search hard for an accomplished striker with maybe a large chunk of the budget outlay to get the right man not much need spending on the rest of the squad except maybe a numbers boost to around 22 or 24 uh, although the end of the season contracts may be a further issue I'm going for a 2-1 win tomorrow how do you and your guests feel about this thanks Alan uh, in Southsea I'm assuming uh, your question about uh, myself Tom and Mark our thoughts not about your score prediction but uh, rather towards uh, your prediction of where Pompey are going to finish in the League One table this season uh, and the numbers needed uh, heading into next season potentially getting a new striker in as well throw that question first of all to Mark first of all Mark uh, a new striker in the summer, potentially Danny Cowley, uh, from what Alan is hoping, uh, saving his budget to try and get someone who will guarantee us goals next season. Is that something that you can also agree with? Or would you rather that budget be shared across in different positions? To be honest, I'm not solely convinced that splashing a lot of money on, on a striker right now is the answer. I think we've had a play, we have quite, quite a lot of strikers in, you know, uh, through through our doors recently, I mean Tyler Walker's come in with a you know really big expectation um, level on him, and and he hasn't delivered so far. We've had George Hurst, we've had John Marquis, um, and as we've seen, these strikers that we've sold like Ellis Ellis Harrison and John Marquis have gone on to score goals. So, I think I think where I'd like to see the budget spent probably is 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 investing in sort of our creative side. Can't rely on Michael Jacobs solely. I think we're not going to see a striker sort of succeed no matter how much he costs unless we have and give him the artillery that he needs so I think that's probably where I'd focus our budget in the summer yeah and uh, for you Tom in regards again to that email from Alan who predicts Pompey to finish no higher than 10th again is that something you can agree with not just with the fixture congestion but just the way the course of the season's gone is that is that pessimistic or is it actually realistic probably realistic yeah Um, 10th is probably a fair enough fair enough prediction but I mean you just don't know I mean we've got games in hand I mean we, we, we won our last two crew would have been perfect to play this weekend because they've lost their last five um, you know you need to play these teams when they're at their lowest but I just think we've got it's, it's doable we've got to put a good run together and hope teams above us drop points but I just think we've already got too much catching up to do we're 11 points off the playoffs now as it is 
and you know it's all right getting those 11 points to make up but then you've got to hope the teams above drop points and then you've got to try and get above them as well it's i think it's just a bit too much now it's too far of a stretch to get the playoffs but yeah, yeah i'd say 10th where well, we are when we were 11th now aren't we so 10th to 9th you know maybe 8th but i think of where we are now is probably where we're going to finish yeah Okay then, lads, uh, thank you very much. We're going to move on now. Uh, we'll come back to you guys in just a few moments' time. But now, it is half-term uh, for the kids, and Pompey and the community have plenty going on to keep them entertained this week for all ages, and you can still book a place on there too. Here is Claire Martin to tell us more. We've got a football coaching course, a mixed course, at Milton Cross, so that's 9.30 to 3 every day. Uh, it's £20 a day, and you just book the normal way, which I'll tell you all about at the end. And we've got... On Thursday, Michael Jacobs and Hayden Carter coming along um, to meet the youngsters, so that'll be quite exciting. We've got a girls' course on the Thursday and Friday. That's up at Park Community. And then we've got um, part of the coaching will be by Tamsin de Bunsen, Pompey Striker. So that's really exciting for the girls. And we've also got Kirsty Pierce, who's our new women and girls coordinator, who also is ex-Super League. So there's some fabulous coaching opportunities there. We've got a special needs course for any youngsters, um, secondary school, primary school at Mayfield. I think the youngest is, is from eight upwards. That's 10 till three at Mayfield, mm-hmm. and that's £20. But we have got some free spaces there. So any youngsters are on free school meals. If they call the office after half past eight on Monday morning, there are still some free places left on that one. And again, with the cooking, we've got a cooking course on Wednesday where we're doing some takeaways, learning how to make your own less calorie um, takeaways. Um, that's for eight to 12 year olds. Again, that's free if you're on free school meals or 25 pounds for anybody else. So um, give us a call if you want to book the free places. We've also got our BTEC trials on Tuesday. So we run um, sports and coaching BTEC at Pompey in the community where the students get a chance to play for Pompey. So they play matches every Wednesday. We've got uh, male teams, female teams. So those trials are for year 11s who are leaving school this year who fancy spending a couple of years rather than at college with Pompey in the community based at our new uh, stadium up where Moneyfields is at the moment. And uh, that's 11.30 at Furs Lane on Tuesday. Obviously, that's completely free. Just turn up um, and we'll register you there. Um, we're continuing to um, recruit for NCS. So that's our summer programme, again, for year 11s if they're leaving school. It's a uh, week's residential a week back at Pompey in the community. Uh, the week's residential is an outdoor place, so it's um, co-steering, rock climbing, all sorts of activities. Again, it's free if you're, or there's bursaries, if, you know, the cost is a lot. I mean, the value is about £1,200, but the maximum you'd pay is £50 for anybody who wants to get involved in that. Um, and then we've also got our Chichester College courses, again, which are Tuesday and Wednesday at Chichester College, 9.30 till 3, and again, they're £20, but um, lots going on next week, as you can see. We've also got all of our free and open access sessions through our kicks and our street strongs and our police crime commissioner funding. So, you know, if you just look at our website, um, come along to those. Thank you to Claire Martin for providing us a bit of an update there as to what's going on and what Pompey and the community are doing uh, for the kids during this half term. OK, then, in the third and final part of the show tonight, we'll hear once more uh, from Danny Cowley, who looks ahead to tomorrow night's game with Shrewsbury, and he's been telling us exactly what he did with his side after the decision was made to postpone Saturday's game in Crewe. Obviously, as soon as we knew the game was called off, we managed to make, make arrangements to, to be able to train in Crewe. Um, I have to thank Crewe for, for allowing us to use their facilities, which were really good, um, and we had a good session on, on Saturday. We'll have more from him, as well as the final thoughts of Tom and Mark on the way next. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Just over 15 minutes to get your final text, tweets and emails into us Pompey fans back home. 81400 is our text number. Start those with the word Express and include your name at the end of them as well. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm if you're on Twitter or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Before we get on to any of those and before I bring Tom and Mark back into the conversation tonight, we're going to hear the pre-match thoughts of Blues boss Danny Cowley. He caught up with Max earlier today to preview tomorrow's game and was first asked if Saturday's postponement will have any implications on tomorrow's match. 
Well, hopefully it won't have any. Um, obviously, as soon as we knew the game was called off, we managed to make, make arrangements to, to be able to train in crew. Um, I have to thank crew for, for allowing us to use their facilities, um, which, were, which were really good. Um, and we had a good session on, on Saturday. Um, that allowed us then to, to free the players up yesterday and do, do some sort of regeneration and recovery work on, on Sunday. Um, and now we have another preparation today going into t- tomorrow's game. Moving on to tomorrow's game, what are you expecting Shrewsbury to bring to the table? A well-organised team. I think whenever you play against Steve Cottrell's team, you know that he's he's a tactical coach, um, very good against the ball. I think they've only conceded four in, in 11 games and you can see that they're, they're compact and they're together and their, their distances against the ball are very, very good. So um, it will always be a challenge to, to break them down um, I think we enjoy going to Shrewsbury it, it tends to be a good pitch and obviously their game is called off on Saturday and, and look particularly wet when, when in, the, in the pictures and videos that we saw but we're hopeful that, that the wind that we've had has, has been able to dry the pitch and that the, that the game will go ahead We last played them quite early on in the season so it's going to be two sides that are quite different to what they were in the early stages yeah, I think so. I think they're a team that have, have predominantly been a 3-5-2. Um, at times, they've gone to a 4-3-3. Um, some personnel change in, in January. So, yeah, no, no, a different team to probably what we played in August. Um, but a strong team, a physical team, um, combative. Um, have got power at both ends of the pitch. Um, good, good aerial dominance. Um, and like I said, very good against the ball. And we anticipate, as always, a, a really tough game. Before Saturday's disruption, there was quite a good run of form starting. How, how confident are you of starting that again tomorrow? Well, absolutely. That's why we were disappointed that the game Saturday got called off because we felt like we were in a, in a good rhythm. We'd, we'd obviously picked up two important wins. We'd had a clear week preparing for crew. So the, the, the postponement come probably at the, uh, the worst time for us. But... But ultimately, we can't affect the, the weather. There are some things we can control. The weather's not one of those. Um, so we just have to adapt. And what it has done is, you know, it's given us, I suppose, more freshness and more pre- preparation time for the Shrewsbury game. And we have to make sure that we, we take advantage of that. What do you think the team will need to show tomorrow to get three points? I think that we will need to, to, to show all the qualities that you need to away from home. We always talk away from home about having enough resilience, enough determination, enough grit, which I think are important qualities if you want to be a team that, that picks up points on, on, on their travels. I think for us, we, we have to find that, that balance of, of, of being good with the ball um, and, and asking questions of a very well-organised Shrewsbury team. And we also have to make sure that when, when we do defend well, we can defer, we can turn those defensive moments into, into counter-attack opportunities and make sure that we, we execute our, our skills and our decision-making at speed in, in those moments. And just finally, what's the latest injury news? Well, I think we have a, a couple of challenges. Um, you're obviously well aware of, of, of Sean Williams and, and Kieran Freeman that, that, that are long, longer-term injuries. Um, and we have one or two other, other issues that we will, we will have a look at today and, and make a decision before we travel to Shrewsbury. Yeah, one or two issues, as uh, Danny Cowley mentions there. And if we actually reference uh, uh, what our colleague John T. Coleman has reported from Hampshire Live um, yesterday afternoon, he reports that uh, Danny Cowley's admitted but Michael Jacobs, of all players, has been handed another injury setback. Um, he spoke to Danny Cowley after the game, or after the postponed game, uh, on Saturday. According to Danny Cowley, according to this report from John C. Coleman, uh, Jacob suffered a knee injury in training last Thursday, uh, around about 48 hours before uh, Saturday's uh, scheduled meeting with Crew. And had the game gone ahead, uh, Michael Jacobs uh, would have missed the match. My hope for Pompey and for Michael Jacobs is that the issue is only a short-term one, and uh, everyone is obviously hoping uh, that it is a short-term one and they are currently monitoring the severity of the issue. Danny Cowley told John T. Coleman uh, in his interview that he's picked up a knee injury and it is frustrating. He's just in a really good rhythm, rhythm, so disappointing for us. He obviously got through a three-game week, which is fantastic, and then trained on Monday, Tuesday, and then had a recovery day Wednesday, and then Thursday, just in the warm-up. It was an unopposed drill. 
So uh, some really uh, gutting news regarding Michael Jacobs and Pompey's injury concerns. Still no confirmation whether he will definitely miss tomorrow's game at Shrewsbury. We know he wouldn't have played Saturday. Uh, hopefully it is just a minor one. Hopefully Danny Cowley is keeping that one a little bit under wraps. Um, because Michael Jacobs, Mark, would be an incredible miss. And what a way to continue what's been a, a dreadful start to the week already. Yeah, exactly. I mean... I can't recall the exact stat, but I believe it's something silly like, you know, sort of four goals, three assists in, in, in as many sort of games, four or five games. I mean, his, his form has been, if I'm honest, the form that he's shown the last few games, he's been the player that we've been crying out for all season. Uh, he is literally, in my opinion, he's he's been the player that we've needed. Yeah. And he's he's finished off the, the team and he's made that Danny Cowley team and the tactics work. And I think that's what's been missing for the whole season where, you know, we've been frustrated with, you know, perhaps our performance in the final third. He's made it all come together. And I think without him, we wouldn't have picked up this form recently. So it is really going. But like you say, Danny Kelly could be playing his cards close to his chest. I remember Kenny used to pull uh, one of those tricks or two before, you know, a game. And, uh, you know, without without anyone even knowing, you know, the player would appear on the team sheet. So hopefully he's just trying to put a fast one on the next uh, team we play. But yeah, Bit very concerning news. Absolutely, fingers crossed that is the case, Mark. Absolutely, all fingers and toes crossed that Michael Jacobs is fit uh, to play tomorrow's game at Shrewsbury if it goes ahead. Okay, speaking of Shrewsbury Town, time really is escaping us tonight. We're going to have to take a closer look at the opposition and the threat they pose. Here is a closer inspection on the Salopians as delivered this afternoon by Connor Mosley. Pompey were denied the opportunity to record a third straight league win at the weekend, with Crew's pitch deemed unfit to play on. So attention now turns to a midweek clash with Shrewsbury Town. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues go into this one off the back of two consecutive wins, following victories at home to both Burton Albion and Doncaster Rovers. In the reverse fixture between Pompey and this weekend's opponents, it was Danny Cowley's side who prevailed by a goal to nil at Fratton Park, with Ryan Tunnicliffe on target in the first half to secure all three points back in August. Manager. The Salopians are currently managed by 57-year-old former Blues boss Steve Cottrell. Cottrell, who had a 10-year playing career up front between 1986 and 1996, was in charge of Pompey for 61 competitive matches between June 2010 and October 2011, with the club then in the Championship. He has since represented Nottingham Forest, Bristol City and Birmingham from the dugout before being approached by Shrewsbury in November 2020. Since the start of his reign at New Meadow, the Cheltenham-born gaffer has overseen 24 wins from 75. One to watch. We've chosen experienced wide player Elliot Bennett as one of our ones to watch this time around. The 33-year-old typically plays as a right wing-back, but is known to burst forward and contribute in attacking sense too. Now a regular in the Shrewsbury starting 11. Elliot, who was born just down the road from Shrewsbury in Telford, is the elder brother of former Blues winger Kyle Bennett, who left Fratton Park in 2018. If you're attending the game or tuning in on iFollow, Elliot Bennett will be the player in yellow and blue, wearing the number 17 shirt. Top scorer. 25-year-old Dan Udo is currently Shrewsbury's leading talisman, with eight goals and four assists next to his name in League One thus far. The Nigerian forward, who wears the number 11 shirt, has bagged 16 goals from 94 league appearances since signing from AFC Telford United back in May 2019. Udo had climbed up the ranks in the non-league game to make it back to the professional game, having spent three seasons at Crewe between 2016 and 2018 for spending the majority of that time out on loan. His last contribution came in a 1-0 draw at Wimbledon four matches ago, scoring a second-half equaliser at Plough Lane on January the 29th. Current form. Steve Cottrell's side haven't had the best of seasons as it is, but their form of late really has dropped. They're now winless in seven league matches. The last time Shrewsbury won a game of football was on the 2nd of January, their opening match of 2022, when they beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0 on home soil. Since then, they've also been knocked out of the FA Cup, though we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for that one, as their opponents for that tie were Liverpool. However, the Shrews did take the lead on that afternoon, top scorer Dan Udo sending the Salopians into delirium at Anfield, 
before the Premier League outfit dispatched four of their own to progress. Much like Pompey, Shrewsbury's game at the weekend was called off. They were due to play Morecambe at New Meadow, but the pitch failed an in inspection. The last time they kicked the ball ended in a 1-0 defeat away to Plymouth Argyle. That was back on February the 12th. So who will come out on top in the latest quest for three points? The Shrews or the Blues? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you to Connor Mosley there. We really are running out of time before we do leave you an email here from Gav Jones who says, well, gents, what an absolute waste of a day on Saturday. Yeah, totally agree with that one. We were 20 minutes away from the ground when the news came through uh, that ref didn't fancy getting his boots muddy. And unfortunately, we never had the funds with us to pop along to another game as that was obviously never the intention. I would like to say, though, for all the stick that the owners and the club receives on a regular basis, they deserve full credit and recognition for the absolute touch of class that they have shown to the fans with a fantastic gesture to supply transport for all of us that made it a long-wasted journey. I, for one, would like to thank the club for that as they didn't have to do that. Take care, guys. Thank you uh, to Gav Jones for your email tonight. Thank you very much, Gav, uh, for your email. And I've just received a picture here from a guy on Twitter called Jacko with a picture of the pitch at Shrewsbury uh, ahead of tomorrow's game. It's looking brilliant and although Shrewsbury is currently underwater not looking great as a town uh, the football stadium is nowhere near uh, the flooded areas and hopefully nowhere near uh, being affected and the game should be safe uh, but if you are interested in going to the game I wouldn't get the train the trains look horrendous I'd travel up by car if you can and do follow Shrewsbury Police on Twitter for updates they've got fantastic information on where you can park where to go before the game and how to avoid the flooded areas in Shrewsbury because it really is uh, dreadful out there at the moment but hopefully fingers crossed as far as the pitch is concerned it all is looking well okay very very quickly Tom Malley a score prediction from you please a tight 1-0 win to Pompey I think we've got fresh legs after the weekend Um, Shrewsbury are on a bit of a bad run of form so yeah I think we might be able to do this one lovely absolutely take that and Mark McGee very quick prediction from you please I'm going to go 2-0 tomorrow Jake 2-0. 2-0. Lovely stuff, uh, lads. Uh, we'll come say goodbye to you in just a second. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Pompey win and a third consecutive league victory for the Blues. If you do want to catch that one, if you don't fancy travelling up, do join us here on Express FM tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. It was a frustrating Saturday afternoon for Pompey's players and fans as their game against Crew Alexandra was called off last minute due to a waterlogged pitch. Next up for the Blues, a trip to Shrewsbury Town in the league for some Tuesday night League One action and a chance to make it three wins on the bounce. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Okay, once again, thank you to both Tom and Mark for joining us on the show this evening. Tom, Maddie, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the Football Hour tonight. Have a great week, have a safe one, and we will hear from you again very soon, mate. Tom's gone. Who cares? Mark, are you still there? We'll say goodbye to you, Mark. Mark. It's been a pleasure, mate, and I'll see you next time. Mark is there. Do you know what? I didn't turn their faders up. Goodbye, Tom. <laughs> they weren't being rude. I was just being a bit of an idiot. Okay, thank you to Tom and Mark for calling in this evening. It's been great to have them on tonight. Okay, coming up here on Express FM this evening, Jeff and Aids. We're back with the Soft Rock Show from 7 through until 9 o'clock. Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show from 9 through until 11, which is when we've got the Express wind down through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Nicola Lashley wakes you up with Express breakfast tomorrow morning from 6.30. Gloria Miller is back from 10 through till 1, which is when Ian James takes control uh, through until 4 o'clock. Mason Jordan's back with drive time from 4 through until 7. And then myself, Robbie James, and our special guest tomorrow night, live from the new meadow home of Shrewsbury Town, to find out if Pompey, for one, can actually kick a ball tomorrow, and for two, actually get three points. Join us tomorrow from 7, but until then, have a great week, Pompey fans. Stay safe, take care, and good night. Thank you for listening. <laughs>